Good morning, everyone. It is Lasers, Babies, and Beer, episode seven. Should we call this one Lasers, Babies, and Gluten-Free Beer? Probably, because that's what we're drinking today. John Everything. is real disappointed right now. Everything is gluten-free. And gluten-reduced. Okay, one is gluten-reduced, and I've had this before. I actually bought the Stone Delicious IPA as an accident, thinking it was just, oh, a it's a new IPA. Stone IPA. I was like, sweet, I'm going to try it. And I was like... This is a little off. It's kind of weird. But then once I realized it was gluten So we have four gluten-free like, beers and four gluten-reduced oh, beers. okay. Plus mine, which is a homebrew that's been treated with Clarity Firm. Oh, that's that why you said it's yours. gluten-reduced. I thought you said, like, this is mine. I'm not sharing. Oh, no. No, it's mine as in I made this. Oh, okay. This is my creation. <laughs> that's, that makes it better. I thought you were not sharing. I was like, oh. No, Dean you can definitely have some. Dina gets a special beer. So to kick things off, my morning was just stupid. So What happened, John? Lay it on me. Do you want me to I pour you a beer? Kinda, yes, pour me a beer. <laughs> I'll do the homebrew. Um, so I, me and Ruby get up, and I was planning on buying this TV that I just got. And uh, so... I go outside, we, we get ready. I'm like, okay, I got everything, you know, keys, wallet, phone, everything. I close the door. Did you forget the baby? <laughs> that wouldn't have been so bad because I would have had keys to get back in the house. No, I forgot my keys mm. as soon as I closed the door. And, uh, car keys and house keys. Uh-oh. Yeah, so I was like, ah, oh, shit. You don't have like a spare hidden somewhere? No, I need, we need one of those secret hidden rocks or secret rooster or something stupid like that. I don't know. Um, so it's good luck that my in-laws live just down the road and they have a spare key. So I called them up. My father-in-law ran over, unlocked the door. I was like, perfect. Thank you very much. Grab my keys, go back outside, throw Ruby in the truck, go to start the truck. The battery's dead. Oh. <laughs> so then... And I'm like trying to get out of the house early so I can come back home and get right, stuff ready for the podcast. podcast today. And the fucking van is dead, or the truck is dead. And I was like, shit. And when I locked myself out of the house, my neighbor across the street saw that I was locked out. So we were, I went over to their house and was chit-chatting. And as soon as I, the, the truck was dead, I was like, Ugh. so I walked across the street. I was like, can you take Ruby for five minutes while I jump the stupid truck? And so I pulled our work vehicle over and uh, jumped jumped my vehicle and finally was able to leave. It took me like 45 minutes to get out of the damn house this morning after everything was packed and ready to go. Oh, my it was gosh. Just then I get to Walmart to buy this TV. And I have some gift cards that I want to use. Uh, I had three different Visa debit mm-hmm. cards that I wanted to use. So I get to the store, I put the TV in the cart, and then start heading back to the check stand, and I go to the self-checkout. 
thinking, oh, I'll just swipe it, it'll take $50 off, swipe it, take $50 off, and then swipe the other one. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> no. I swipe it, declined. <sighs> swipe the other one, declined. You gotta get a person over to kill the transaction. I, so I call the person can... over, she tries to manually do it. It didn't work. I was like, oh my God. And after her like third or fourth time, she's like, they just aren't working. I was like, can you please get a manager? Because I know there's money on there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're not spent. There's funds on those cards. It should work. She's like, I can't do it. I was like, can you just get a manager, please? While I'm holding the baby. The baby. <laughs> Any minute, the baby will start crying and it'll turn into like a Walmart scene. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it would have been a Walmart scene if my pants had fallen down or something. <laughs> um, anyways. Did you go in your pajamas? No, I got dressed. Yes, I got dressed. <laughs> but if, But on top of all of it. It was pouring rain mm-hmm. the entire time I was jumping the, the truck and it was locked out. It was just pouring cats and dogs, just pouring cats and dogs. But it's installed. It looks pretty. It's all hooked up. The receiver is hidden behind the TV. The speaker is hidden right behind the TV. It actually looks much cleaner than it did before. So if it doesn't work, don't call me. <laughs> <laughs> well, after the podcast, I'm going to turn it on and make and sure we'll that it see. actually does work. Yeah. Okay, so. So, well. Do you know the difference between a gluten-free beer and a gluten-reduced beer? To answer your question, one has no gluten and one has very little gluten. Yes. But before we jump into the beer, any laser news? Laser news. Um, some people might have seen that I did some Christmas stuff. Mm-hmm. That went up on the page. Portraits on wood and... Things like that. Did you send that wood carving to Ryan? Yeah. Or did you just say, look what I made. No. $85. No. His um, <laughs> his wife asked me to make that. Olivia asked me oh, to nice. make that. So Cool. I even drove it over there and we spent some time. He was very Chit-chat. deeply immersed in a game of PUBG. I've yet to get into that because I just don't have the time to play online games currently. When Ruby decides to sleep through the night... I'm all for it, but right now it's just games that I can pause real quick and jump in and out of, and my teammates don't rely on me to win or lose. I just fell asleep last night on my couch drinking a glass of wine playing the new Assassin's Creed. This is my life. I thought about picking that up (laughs) because it's a single-player game, and I have much easier time playing single-player games. He's got an Egyptian sideways ponytail. Very Uh, nice. Yeah, but there's no tall buildings in Egypt. First off. So, but you know what? In the first five minutes of that game, do you know what I got to climb? The pyramids? No, one of those giant statues with like the Anubis face on them. But in real life, those statues are only like 50 or 60 feet. I don't care. In the game, it was huge and I got to climb it. Also, they start you out in like a treasure cave. So Mm -hmm. you can get the feel for the controls of like climbing over things and looting things and stuff like that. And there was just treasure Mm-hmm. So like when I turned it on and I started playing with it at first I was sad because oh God, I'm not a pirate. Like no, Black Flag will always have my heart and that's my favorite Assassin's Creed game. So every time I turn on another one and it's not Black Flag, I'm like, oh, I'm not a pirate. Okay, that's all right. I can get over it. I did he the wasn't same an thing. assassin in Black Flag. No Creed, no Mercy, baby. Uh, it's not a real Assassin's Creed game. <laughs> He wasn't an assassin. He was impersonating an assassin. He was impersonating an assassin. Ugh. He had no creed and gave no mercy, no quarter. You can say what you want about it, but um, 
That's no. the game that broke me off of playing Assassin's Creed, actually. The controls were too wonky. I'd be running across the bridge, and all of a sudden, he'd hop onto the bridge. Onto the bridge, and yeah. I'm like, oh and my you're God. trying to like open a chest, and he climbs on top of it, sits on it like a cat. And I'm just like, oh, guys. Come I on. had a lot of problems like that when I played it on my Xbox. That's what I was playing but it on. But I got the new shiny updated version for my PS4. Some bugs probably have been fixed for it's, sure. It's smoother. Okay. Yeah. And people who did not like the controls in Black Flag love the controls in Unity. Unity. I did yeah. I, I did buy Unity and I did play it and I had a really good time. I love the multiplayer aspect of it. The um, story on that one was garbage though. That's Arno why I like the multiplayer was... part. <laughs> I, I don't remember his girlfriend's name, but Arno's girlfriend, the Templar, had a better story than Arno did. So, but, uh, and we diverged into video games instead of lasers. Sorry, that's easy to do. Yes, it is. Um, lasers. You did some wood carving stuff. Yeah, I did Christmas some wood stuff. stuff, some Christmas stuff. I've been pondering in my mind, rolling it over, like what the next holiday is, so that I can try to make more pre made things that you just drop into a store and then people can buy them without you having Day. to. Yeah. So, you know, show your love with lasers. That's not the name. No, but that's my that's going to be the tagline for Valentine's Day. Oh, okay. Show your love with lasers. Okay. For love by lasers? I don't know. We, I should really write down your name. You have, like, two, don't you? No. You sure? I'm sure. <laughs> is one your, like, Twitter handle and Instagram, and then the other is the <clears throat> store itself? Yeah, it's so, like, there's a different... Um, because Love and Lasers yes. was taken in a lot of places by, like, um, laser hair removal. And I was like, what the fuck is this? But it was so perfect. It was so catchy. And I had already committed to it in a bunch of ways. So a lot of my stuff, the handles will be um, lovingly lasered there we go. instead of made with love and, lasers. love and lasers. Okay, that makes more sense. But like, they're still really closely related. And, like, if you get to one, everything's interlinked. Yeah. So you don't have to know that off the top of your head. Yeah. So what would you want as a Valentine's Day gift that came out of a laser? Hmm. Probably some kind of etched picture in a piece of metal of a photo of Reese and Ruby. Very good, very good. And then I don't know if it should be, sh it probably should be shaded, kind of like you did the wood carving. The thing about that is that with what my laser is capable of, you have to treat the metal with um, a compound so that it'll etch safely. Mm -hmm. And it's very black or white. It doesn't do shades of gray. Okay. Hmm. So Wood does shades shading. of gray really well, but so harder the... things like metal and glass don't. Ooh. I guess, no, that's different. I was thinking of... Uh, I was thinking it would look really cool to do that with like um, an ultrasound picture because those are pretty black and white to begin with. You can't see anything in those. I guarantee you, if somebody sends me their ultrasound picture, you know who I am talking to. I told you I wanted it. Anyway, um, if anybody sends me an ultrasound picture, I really want to take that and put that on aluminum. There you go. Then we'll see how well it works. Um, other little gifty stuff? I don't know. I don't, I don't, like, have any ideas on what I would need engraved. Yeah. You know? I mean, it would be kind of cool to have a, 
like as a Valentine's Day gift for my wife, like something like that. That would be really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd be curious what it would look like though, because if it is just black, like it's just etched and then black and silver. Yeah. Then it, that's usually what it turns out like with with metals. It might look a little um, different versus uh, the wood where you can actually get shading in there. Yeah. But. Hmm. And different kinds of to react differently and. Yeah. Hmm. All right. How's the baby? Baby's good. Just turned one in December. Not walking yet, but she can walk under her own weight, holding fingers. Mm-hmm. So she's practicing building up those leg muscles. Um, I haven't really thought of a dad tip. I mean, you could look back over your whole your whole first year. As a parent. A year. A year. It's crazy. Congratulations. Yeah. You survived. I hear that that first year is just hell. It's, it depends on your, your, your outlook. So I had a friend who, um, they just had a kid a couple months ago and we went and visited them in uh, California and he, and we brought Ruby with us. And so Ruby was nine months, I believe, at the time when we took her on the plane and took her down there and was visiting. We were down there for about a week. And, and uh, he knew he was having a baby girl. And he was just like, is it hard to be a dad? I was like, well, it really depends on... Sorry about that. Someone was giving me a phone call. Um, it, I was telling him that it depends on the type of dad you want to be. Like, if you're the type of dad who doesn't really do anything like like you leave it up to the the mom to to take care of the baby wake up in the middle of the night change diapers change clothes if if you're a very hands-off type of dad then anytime you that just sounds like a bad father well that's uh, but no there's good fathers back in the 50s and 60s they were always hands-off it doesn't mean they were bad 50s and 60s true you don't help your wife she's gonna have something to say (laughs) true but um, so I was explaining, like, you could be that kind of dad. So whenever you do have to watch the kid, then, yeah, it's going to be very hard and it's going to be very inconvenient because you're not used to doing it and it's interrupting the day that you had planned. Like, if you had planned to go out and do something, but then your wife's like, I got to go, blah, 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 you need to watch the kid. Well, then, yeah, it's going to be super hard because you don't know what the F you're doing, right? Mm-hmm. However, if you're hands-on and you wake up in the middle of the night you change diapers and you do clothes and you get breakfast and lunch and dinner and play with the kid all the time then like as an example i watch her two days a week by myself we have a great time like she's napping right now it's fantastic (laughs) she'll probably be up in less than 25 minutes but so so i was just telling them like you know it's only hard depending on how much effort you put into it if you mm. put very little effort into it, it's very difficult. If you put a lot of effort into it, it it's easier. But that also depends on your kid, too. If you have a kid with colic, where they just cry all the time for three months straight. Oh, God. It's going to be way more difficult because crying baby that you can't console sucks. Sucks big time. Because you can't do anything. All you can do is hold them and rock them and... As soon as you, and you hope and pray, exactly, and you just hope they sleep, because that's the only time they don't cry. And then Ruby wasn't colicky, but so we got lucky with that. But you know, as long as your kid is healthy and normal and doesn't have any issues like like colic or anything like that, 
then being a dad's easy. Yeah. I feel like it's just a life change. Like it happens and then you adjust to it. Well, if you don't adjust to it, then, then your view of your children are more burdensome than fun and exciting and wanting to watch them grow up and become little people and then shitty teenagers and then <laughs> and then uh, 20, 20 somethings and then they're adults and you're like oh I actually heard a really interesting saying about um, a, 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 a young adult was talking to his parents and he had moved out or whatever and he was talking to his folks and he was like it's really nice you guys are no longer my disciplinarians you're my advisors yeah you know whereas growing up they're they're advisors, but they're also your disciplinarians. Go to bed. Brush your teeth. Yeah. Put your shoes on. Don't do that. Don't lick that. You know. <laughs> Don't what do you have in your mouth? Yeah. Let me see that. <clears throat> you know. So, but uh, yeah, it's just. I guess that'd be my advice. The dad tip of the tip of the month is. Be an engaged parent. Be engaged as much as you can, for sure. So. And I say that, and now we're about to open four, five, six. Eight beers. Eight beers. So. <laughs> oh, I wanted to show you these things that I got, though. Okay. My sister oh, got me these for Christmas. <gasps> so that when I take the beers back and forth. You will have to. I have these little beer saver rubber caps that you can just. That is brilliant. You need to put these in the show notes. I can. They're awesome. I've used them a couple of times at home. Like, I opened a beer and then I didn't want to finish it. And I'm so going to have to buy some of these. rubber saver cap on it and put it back in the fridge. That is perfect. And it held the carbonation and everything. That is perfect. That is so cool. Huh. And they came in rainbow colors. Oh. I like rainbow okay. colors. <laughs> All right, let's pour the first Visual one. Visual impact. Okay, so. All right, what's the lineup we got today? Okay, so I kind of organized them regardless of their gluten content in the order that I think they are tastiest. Okay. Um, I think we will start at the bottom. We are starting with Red Bridge. Okay. So. Red Bridge is nice for people because it is completely gluten-free. It is not a gluten-reduced. It's completely gluten-free. It's made by Anheuser-Busch, made oh. out of sorghum and rice. Well, what's funny about that is Budweiser is also gluten-free. Just yeah, regular Budweiser. They, yep. Yeah. So um, they probably just added little hops. and. <laughs> right. So I don't expect to like this one, but it is very widely available, like, when I was looking online and reading about gluten-free beers in preparation, they were like, Red Bridge is gluten-free. And I was like, haven't I seen that in every grocery store ever? Huh. Well, if it's distributed by Budweiser, then yeah, most likely. But it's a sorghum beer. Yeah. So it's not going to be anything crazy. Um, what's, what's the full lineup? And then we'll get into the, the weeds. All right. So we also have Dara Dam. Which is made by a Spanish, I think a Spanish brewery. It's highly lauded. It says it was one of a lot of reviews. Mm-hmm. I think this is a gluten-reduced beer. Cool. Crafted um, to remove gluten. Yeah, so that's one of Asterisk. the gluten-reduced ones. Uh, omission. I went with a lager had, on that one. I've had that. The Stone Delicious IPA. Reduced. New Belgium Gluteny. Um, Green's Amber. Green is a completely gluten-free. And they make... A fair amount. They try their hand at, at like, Belgians and Darks quite often, which is very lofty goals. Okay. Um, Groundbreaker, which is in Portland, they also try their hand at Darks. The one I've got here is a Dark, and it's made with chestnuts. And then Ghostfish, because I love Ghostfish. 
And they are also completely gluten free. Mm-hmm. Even all their food in their tap room is gluten free. Mm-hmm. And then. Oh, and then my beer, which my beer is uh, an Imperial Coffee Stout, 7.1%. And it has been treated with Clarity Firm. So it is gluten reduced. Mm-hmm. So this was the beer that you poured out of your Mario tube. Yeah, out okay. of my tap handle. <laughs> <laughs> so for those of you not following Instagram or Facebook, Dina made a kegerator. Keezer? Kegerator? I don't know. It's not a chest it's a, freezer. Which it's is... a fridge with a tap out of it. To me, that counts as a kegerator. Yeah. Um, but the, her tap handle that she has. My she draft ha- tower. Oh, Sorry, because I don't I actually have handle. a tap handle on it yet at all. Oh, okay. So well, now you know what your next that lasering is project is. Um, but yeah, the tower itself, the draft tower, it, I got PVC and painted it green and went. This looks like a Mario warp pipe. Yep. So there's Did been you, some debate as to what I should put on the top of it. Um, if you get crazy, you should add a secondary PVC cover over neat over the actual spout part. So, it, and then put the tap piece back Oh, you in. mean like one of those, do you mean one of those PVC pipes that has like the straight body and then the arm off? Mm-hmm. And then your arm covers the actual pouring mechanism. So when you pull a tap, it pours out of the tube. Instead I mean, of, you'd still have to have the end of the tap sticking out of it. Well, yeah, but it would be very, if you measured also, it right. Also, as somebody who now has been pouring beer off of my own tap for um, basically a month, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, I get beer everywhere. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't need a drip tray. It's fine. I'll just be a conscientious person and clean nope. my kitchen table a lot. Nope. No. So I would not even want to set my tap back into something because can't you just imagine the beer hitting it and flowing back down into the keezer? Like, no. Yeah, when I bartend at at, uh, Valhall once in a while, I'll... That was one of our top nine pictures, by the way. Oh, yeah? Have you seen the Instagram top nines going around? Mm -mm. At the end of the year, you can go to a website and be like, this is my Instagram. What pictures were... The most looked at, viewed, liked. Mm-hmm. And the one of you tending bar at Valhall was in our top nine. Nice. Um, I get covered in beer all the time. Like I had, a, I think it was the red. I thought it was, I thought it blew on me. Mm-hmm. Like the, so when it blows, it yeah, gets it beer all goes, over you. But no, it didn't blow. I just didn't pull it all the way back far enough. So it was just. Doing weird just, things. I got, uh, <laughs> I smelled like beer the whole night. It was disgusting. So what do you think of a. Uh, Redbridge. Redbridge. It tastes like Budweiser. It does. Yeah. And uh, I'm not surprised. Well, and I'm not even going to say a more flavorful, more flavorful Budweiser because I honestly haven't drank a Budweiser yeah, in a good in five years. Like like the 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 most Budweiser I get is like a Blue Moon or a Shock Top. Yeah. Even though they're not Budweiser, but they're, they're a wheat style, you know, wheat beer. Honestly, like... But, if my only option somewhere is like Budweiser, Coors, Miller, whatever the fuck, I drink wine. Like, it's <laughs> <laughs> a good point. This tastes like a Budweiser, honestly. Like, it, and the, and which makes it taste. If you like the taste of Budweiser, then this is a go-to solid gluten-free beer. Like, if you're yeah. trying to, but Budweiser itself is gluten-free, so there's no reason to spend extra money on this. 
when you could just buy Budweiser? Well, I guess that that would depend on how they propagate their yeast. So here's the thing that a lot of people don't realize about. So I am so Dina did a lot of in the weeds gluten-free with gluten, research. Gluten research. Um, so a lot of yeast is propagated on barley, like a barley slurry. Mm-hmm. Barley has gluten. So depending on what Anheuser Busch is doing with their yeast, even if their beer is made completely out of rice. Um, If they're yeast, if they're propagating them the traditional way, then they're propagating them on barley. Barley has gluten. The yeast has then a tiny, tiny amount of gluten in them. Um, I know that some yeast distributors online have put on their websites what they propagate their yeast with and what the gluten parts per million are. Mm -hmm. Um, For instance, White Labs propagates theirs on a on some kind of barley slurry and they are 12 parts per million and then when you use it to homebrew because you dilute the yeast it comes out at about two parts per million okay. which shouldn't hurt anyone but if it's there's re- a, reduced not free at that point well and so there's a lot of debate and argument about that in in gluten intolerant or gluten celiac communities so it's very specifically listed here on the red bridge bottle made without wheat or barley so my guess is that maybe for this so it's one, not beer. <laughs> water, fermented sorghum, corn syrup, hops, and yeast. 4% alcohol. Did you know it's technically not considered a beer if there's no hops in it? Yeah. Like, like if According it's just like a malt beverage. Laws. Yeah, if it's just a, if you just put malt and barley together, mm-hmm. it's technically not beer. Yep. Which blows my mind. One of my favorite all-time Beers, uh, Sam Samuel Smith's organic chocolate stout. Oh, they don't put any hops. There's no hops. No, they must no, bitter. No, they have to bitter. There's no hops on the back of the bottle. It says malt beverage. Oh, that's interesting. And I was like, it's not a beer. I can't buy you anymore. You're in the beer section, and it tastes <laughs> so good. You can still uh, buy it, John. There's just no hops in it. But it, but a, to me, a malt beverage is a fake. Like they they make it taste the way they want to. Instead of it just being beer, you know, like they add, they add flavors. They call those adjuncts. Well, instead of, so as in, I don't know if Samuel Smith does this or not, but um, to get a particular taste, bigger companies will, will add natural flavors Mm, to to mm -hmm. make it taste how they want. Right. Whereas smaller breweries just brew and whatever the beer tastes like is what it tastes like. If you want it to taste like coffee, you do a darker grain or a coffee roasted coffee grain or you add coffee or something yeah. like that to make it have that flavor whereas so that even exists i know exactly what you're talking about yeah. and that even exists in the home brewers world when i was looking at brewing that peanut butter beer that i wanted to make when my friend was coming to visit and i went down to the brew shop i was like okay how should i do this and i had done a ton of research on like um peanut butter alternatives and peanut butter powders and and nut butters and things like that and they were like extract. they were like oh just put this in there and they handed yeah they handed me a bottle of extract and i was like what is this this is so anticlimactic mm-hmm. what is this and they were like you just dump it in the fermenter just throw it in the secondary and it'll flavor your beer however you want and i was like i don't want this mm-hmm. That just took all of like the, the mystery fun. and the joy of yeah. trying to like concoct this crazy recipe out. Mm-hmm. And I was like, so I have like a chocolate one that's been sitting in the bottom of my beer supply bin for a year. I don't think I'm ever going to use it. <laughs> At this point, it's a homebrew. I dump it. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> all right. What's, what's next? 
we have a visitor in the podcast. Ruby just woke up from her nap. So she's sitting here and she's going to start making some noises, which is fine. That's she's why showing me her teeth. Yep. She got teeth now. That's why it's lasers, babies, and beer. Oh, she even knows. I say teeth and she puts her finger in her mouth and she touches her teeth. Mm-hmm. She knows her toes. She plays little games. She knows me. She knows mom. She can't say. She says a few words, but not consistently. Um, but yeah. So what's the next beer? Okay, so the next beer is Dara Dam. This is the one that I said was made in Spain. It's in Barcelona. Mm-hmm. Now, there seems to be a little bit of either mistranslation or controversy mm-hmm. happening on the internet with this. Because um, their website says it's 100% gluten-free and that it's safe for celiacs. But the bottle says it's crafted to remove gluten. And a quick spin around Google says, if you're celiac, don't drink this. What's the asterisk on the bottle? Because there's an asterisk behind that. So I'm assuming on the back label there would be a follow-up. Yeah, so the asterisk says, product fermented from grains containing gluten and crafted to remove the gluten. Gluten content of this product cannot be verified, may contain gluten. So they say, so the company says it's gluten-free, but then the bottle itself says... That it's not. ...reduced, and then the internet says it's reduced. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's... Yeah, that so is, if you're celiac, do not drink Dara Dam. Okay. All right. Woo! We went down? Okay. Woo, Ruby, woo! She's going to come see me, maybe. Yeah, she's crawling around. She'll, she's on the move now. Yeah. Do you want to stand up? I think it's easier to do the podcast when she's calling around and oh, she can hi. stay busy. Oh, she wants up. Now she's doing that thing that babies do when they put their arms up and they're like, I want up. Up, up, up. Um, this tastes like a bad Budweiser. Yeah. Yeah. It's got a, it's got more flavor to it. I'm just not sure that I like the flavor it has. It's, it, it is more flavorful than the than the Red Bridge. The Red Bridge, honestly, to me, tasted exactly like a Budweiser. You know what this tastes more like to me? A malt beverage. Hmm. Taste it again. See if you see if you get that malt. I do prefer malty beers, but this just makes me feel like I'd be full. Ugh. You're gonna go for my phone, aren't you? She oh, loves technology. She's taking after you on that one. There she goes. She sees the you're iPhone. Missing, you're missing a corner. I would not trust her. Okay. No, no, baby. I'm sorry, sweetheart. How about the teddy? Here, do you want your own phone, Ruby? You want your teddy? <gasps> yes, that's the teddy bear. You want to go see daddy? <gasps> oh, oh, she Whoa. almost leapt off my lap Whoa. to go get that phone. Daddy's letting me play with a phone. Yeah. There you go. Oh, good job. You're walking. She really is walking now. Oh, there you go. Go have fun. Don't worry, folks. The phone is locked. She cannot <laughs> get into it. She's just playing with the with the lock screen. It's an extra one. What happened? To, what happens all the time is before I got my new phone, she would play with my phone, and it would be disabled all the time, like for 15 minutes, because. Just don't dial 911. 911, <laughs> yeah. um, what is your emergency? Yeah, so I'm done with this beer. Shall we move on to the next? Sure. Okay, next up is the Omission Lager Bright and Crisp. 
And this is a crafted to remove gluten beer, not a gluten-free beer. And so would so, you would you like to hear more about what this is when they're saying it's crafted to remove gluten? Yes, please. This is an actual informative gluten-free beer podcast. <laughs> okay, episode. so there is an enzyme for large-scale brewing. It's called Brewer's Clarex. Mm-hmm. And for small-scale, like home brewing, it's called Clarity Firm. Uh, White Labs makes this, and DSM makes Brewer's Clarex, and White Labs is certified to make it in small batches as well. And what it does is you put it in during fermentation, and it breaks down the protein chains that have yes. gluten, gluten in them. Um, basically kind of chops them up and then lowers the gluten parts per million when you test it. Um, nobody, There's two kind of gluten-free tests. One is called the sandwich test, and the other is called the competitive ELISA. Okay. Nobody uses the sandwich test anymore, really, <clears throat> because the sandwich test was the first one, and it used to return false negatives. Well, when you dip the sandwich in the beer, <laughs> it just would screw the beer up. I well, get it. Well, I mean, there's gluten in the bread, so you can't just <laughs> use that to test your gluten-free beer. Um <laughs> The mayonnaise gets in there. It's just it's just a bad deal. I can see why they stopped. Take Strange Brew Fest. Maybe. There you go. Yeah. Which, by the way, folks, Strange Brew Fest is happening the end of this month. And we'll probably go over the news here in just a few minutes. Um, I would like to go to Strange Brew Fest, but I don't know what my work schedule is in the immediate future. So it doesn't matter. You just request it off, regardless. Yeah, but you just request it off. Don't call in sick. <laughs> Request it off. Someone may or may not know about my uh, my plans. Someone may or may not be my boss. We'll have to talk about that off air. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So this is a mission. I think they're in Portland, although I read somewhere that they also had a brewery in New Hampshire. And uh, this is their lager. Okay. So they're they're treating it with Brewers Clerics. Mm-hmm. And the neat thing that they do actually is every label, every bottle has like a a number or a label somewhere, you can literally go to their website, plug that in, and then see the test results for this bottle. How much gluten is in this bottle? How would they do per bottle? So I'd imagine what they do is probably per batch. Yeah, and then just divide by... And then average it out per... Well, that... Why would they go... So... Huh. Well, that's a very cool feature. I'm glad that they have that in there. I'd just be more curious. We should do it. Hold on. Yeah. Can you go to their website? Yeah. Uh, Go to omissiontests.com. Omissiontests.com. If I spelled it right, it should come up. Well, hello, Ruby. Hello. Oh, I like that a lot more. Yeah, it's pretty good. Are you of legal drinking age? No. Yes. Ruby's not, but we are. Yes. Yes. Scroll down. Okay. Omission. Page not found. Go Find to go to their test results. Okay. Test results. You want to see what we're doing? Did, did you poop? No, you did not. And yes, I did just sniff her butt. That's fine. Okay, omission. Sear bottle. IPA pale lager. This is a lager. All right, we looked up what we were trying to find. We got it. We got so it. So for anybody who's trying to do this, by the way, um, the way it sorts is by the date printed on the bottle. Well, and I just loaded the whole page and then just clicked lager. Mm-hmm. And it covers almost two years worth in, in a single page because they only brew it like maybe four times a year. Oh, okay. Because it's such giant batches. Right. So um, what was cool about it is it's there's less than 10 parts per million. 
<laughs> according to the documentation. And it's actually brewed by Whitmere. Good to know. Which I had no idea. Does- See, because I looked them up. Like, I looked on their website, and mm-hmm. I was like, where are these people at? Who are they? And, like, I found listings that they had breweries in, like, Portland and New Hampshire, but it just seemed like they were their own standalone thing, and I really wasn't sure if they were. Well, maybe it's kind of one of those, like, 10 barrel is owned by, like, 51% owned by Anheuser-Busch. Right. But they still kind of do whatever they want. So maybe Omission's the same thing, but Widmere owns 51%, and they're the ones who submitted the reporting. Maybe also, I it. wish we had been recording when this happened, but I've been putting these little rubber bottle saver caps on the beers as we finish them, and the one that we put on omission, it sat there for maybe a couple of minutes. Put it back on. Let's see what happens. And then it just went boom and yeah. flew across the room because the carbonation was just a little too much, I guess. Well, but we were also moving it around looking at we the bottle. We were. So I'm going to do that again. There and go. we'll wait and see. If you hear something, make some fun noises. There you go. It's us shaking up the beer so the bottle caps fly off. So I've had omission before. Quite regularly, actually, just because my sister-in-law, actually, it's like my wife's brother's wife. So is that sister-in-law, technically? Your wife's brother's brother's wife. wife, yes. Technically sister-in-law? Yeah. Okay. I would say your wife's brother is your brother. Yeah. Um, Brother-in-law. Brother-in-law. Law? I don't know. Anyways, it doesn't matter. She's uh, gluten-free as much as possible. Like, for Thanksgiving, there's four different meals because there's a vegetarian, a gluten-free, you know, maybe vegan comes and visits. And so Which, by the way, how, are... did the, uh, how did the Ferguson drinking thing go? Mm, we'll do that with the news. Oh, the baby we'll, wants to go We'll do that table. with the news. Baby wants to go to but, um, so, fighting me. Uh, my sister-in-law <laughs> buys omission when she comes to visit. And wow. so it's always in okay, the fridge. Okay. And it's actually pretty solid, see? decent beer. Anyways. Okay. Got the baby settled. Baby is settled. I'm not as skilled with this, people. Here, here Ruby. Play that one. There you go. Here you um, go. Next up, we have Stone, which is one the of your favorite. The Delicious IPA. Which is one of your favorite breweries on the planet, if not your favorite brewery on the planet. Don't tell anybody. I love Stone, but they're not my favorite. <laughs> I know. I just told Paul in a minute. <laughs> You've told all of 31 people, Dina. How dare you? Okay, let's crack this open and see what it tastes like. Make a comment about lager yeast. Well, you can now make a comment about lager yeast. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason I picked the Omission Lager over the Omission like IPA and Pale that they had is because when I went down to White Labs in December, which was really fun. Um, that was your trip to California, right? Yeah, that was my trip to California. Um, and you went to Stone. I did go to Stone. No, it's not your of favorite brewery. Of course I went to Stone. I went to Stone. I went to Lost Abbey. I went to Belching Beaver. The peanut butter. The peanut yeah. butter beer place. Yes, they had a literal beaver. And I was taking a picture of this like beaver statue. And a stranger just walked up and posed with it. And I was like, do you want me to send you this picture? He's like, no, nah, man, I, I wanted that for you. And I was <laughs> like, I don't know how drunk he is, but he's having a good time. Yeah, he's good. He's having... So, yes, I went a lot of places in California, um, but I think my favorite was White Labs. Um, I learned a lot of things. And the neat thing that White Labs does is they have a brewery on site. Yeah. uh, But what they do is they brew, um, you know, they make a batch of wort, and then they take it and they split it into four different fermenters Mm -hmm. and then treat it with four different yeasts. Okay. So you get a feel for what the different yeasts do to the same batch of beer. So that you can kind of learn more about 
Oh, they did the it as, a, as an actual, that, like, training Yeah, they do, them, they do them as flights, except that instead of being different beers, it's all the same beer, just with fermented with a different yeast. Okay. So that you can that's learn a, more. That's a great way to learn what the yeast actually does for the beer, because I'll talk to the brewer all the time, and I'm like, we need it to taste, like, we need the beer to taste the same, but we need to name it something different. I'm like, well, then it has to be brewed differently. And I'm like, but it needs to taste the same. I'm like, we'll just change the yeast. i discovered while i was going having some of their flights that i i really like the flavor that lager yeasts impart okay so i'm probably gonna have to try to lager a beer lager is actually a lot more difficult than you than it seems i know but it's all temperature i know but i have a keezer with a temperature control bang 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 that's that's ruby ruby eating lunch (laughs) she's uh yeah She's having a variety of foods. She's having applesauce and peanut butter, meatballs, and uh, some olives. Yeah. It's yeah. very tasty. She's getting her fruits, her fats, her protein, and her vegetable. Nice. Which I think olives are technically a fruit because they're seed inside. I don't know. We I could ask I, someone who's Italian. I think I looked it up and it... it because we were curious one night because she loves olives. So, like, is she getting vegetables? Uh, I think it's a fruit. Hmm. Okay, so on to the Stone Delicious IPA, which oh. we just poured. Yep, and Stone, by the way. Um, so, last time I was down there, like when I December. lived down there, oh. the time before that, <laughs> um, Stone mainly just still had their main campus and. They had like a Phillips station. Now Now they have a hotel in Virginia. Um, Also, they opened something called Liberty Station, which is basically another brewery, smaller brewery. They make their own small batch at Liberty Station as well as getting stuff from Mm -hmm. the big brewery. And they do something there in the same vein as the yeast. They do something called the Lupulin Loop, which is a beer that they will make and they will only put one hop in it. So that you yeah. can get to know the flavor profile of a single hop. And That's then they awesome. rotate it out so that you can work your way through all these different hops That's and learn cool. what they taste like. If you have the ability to do that, that is fantastic. Because I love figuring out what the different hops taste like. And like, oh, I love Cascade or I love Simcoe or, or I don't know, one of the other ones. There's like a bazillion other hops. But um when you get that large a scale it's, and they're willing to do that, that's really cool. I thought the hotel was in California. No, the hotel is in Virginia. Because they literally have taps in every room, right? Do that's they? Because the, if they do, I'll just go there my next vacation. No, I think, <laughs> I, I think they're planning on building, it's like a stone, it's like uh, what Red Hook does in Seattle, where they have like a campus, except Red Hook has like an amusement park or some, something ridiculous. But I think Stones is a hotel and I'm there's taps sure in every room. And you pay like, like a couple hundred bucks for access to the taps. Like they'll turn your tap on, and you can drink as much freaking beer as you want. Oh, here's the thing. On your stay. Stone Brewery plans 99 room hotel in Escondido. Boom. Okay. There you go. That's what I was talking about. I read that if, uh, like last year or something, and I was like, oh my goodness, that is a wonderful idea. You want some more? Yeah. She's like, Dana, you're looking okay. at the phone. I'm sorry. Yeah, pay but attention. But it says here. Okay, so um, what is his name? Greg Koch? 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 I don't Koch? know. I'm going to go with the safer one on that and say there Koch. There you go, yeah. Um, 
But he says of the project's vision, it's not really beer themed. You won't come in and experience flowing rivers of beer or hop motifs all over the place. Oh, it should be Willy Wonka, but with beer. <laughs> Pure imagination. That'd be hilarious. That'd be so much fun. That I would love a that. A hop garden and a, a barley garden. and. Well, and I mean, so if you've ever been There's to our Stone, billion they, dollar have idea the world, right there. they have the World Garden and Bistro at Stone, which is their kind of fancy restaurant. And there's like a whole outdoor section because it's San Diego, so you can eat outside all year round. Yeah. And they do grow plants and kind of hops and things like that it's decoratively. Really it's, it's not, not really Wonka. Really it's not going into the beer. Yeah. Go in a beer swimming pool. That's an expensive be, swimming pool. It would be, but you'd have to pay good money to get into it. Look, if you want to get into a beer swimming pool, we're going to dip you in Sani and then we're going to throw you in a fermenter. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> what are you shaking your head for? No. All right. I, I, you know, like I said before, I like, I bought this not knowing it was a gluten reduced and it's a solid beer. Like, like it's a, it's a good IPA. Yeah. And it's not what you expect from stone, which is why if you buy it and not knowing what it is, exactly. Like, and I, and I bought stone. it and I was like, Oh, they missed the mark on that one. Like that's, but I kept, I had a six but pack. But they and secretly I, hit the mark on that one. You well, just exactly, didn't know Exactly. It. And so someone who likes to drink beer but needs to be gluten conscious. Conscious? Conscious. Conscious. Con- conscious. Conscientious? No, conscious. Conscious. This is a solid choice because I didn't know it was gluten. I just thought it was an odd flavored IPA. regular IPA. And I was like, well, maybe they used a weird hop that I don't like or something. But I ended up drinking all six of them. So... Not in one sitting. Right. It took a few days, but... Well, there is a video online where um, the brewers talk about how they treat the beer and what they, the process is like with the enzyme and how they scale it up for big batches and things like that. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty neat video to watch. And also for anybody who is a home brewer, I have made a gluten-free beer. I did not like my gluten-free beer. It was a sorghum-based beer with um, Belgian candy sugar. And it was just unremarkable and... Maybe it was great for a gluten-free beer, but I didn't like it much. A lot of people who make gluten-free beers end up going into IPAs because IPAs don't need a ton of body to begin with. Yeah, because they're... So that drier, thinner body that um, gluten-free beers have because so much of their ingredients are completely or close to completely fermentable Mm -hmm. is not such a hard sell on an IPA. When you throw some hops in it. And hops are completely gluten-free. Yeah. So you could essentially make like a 120-minute IPA by Dogfish Head to just cover up any shitty flavor that, that the beer that has. It, it's not that it has shitty flavor. It's that the beer doesn't have any body. flavor. Well, that's what like, I okay. It doesn't have any body, so that's mouthfeel. But it also has a significant lack of flavor generally. Well, and if you love the taste of hops, just, just make a, a quad hop crazy big gluten-free beer and boom you're good to go what's on the docket next uh new belgium gluteny is there a pirate on the front of that one it's got like crossed wrenches for some reason and a skull oh it's like a motorcycle head i guess okay no you can't have any beer you can have more not for babies you can have more applesauce and peanut butter there you go where's your ball go all right, this one is uh, Glutiny, which is from New Belgium. Yes, with the wrenches and the motorcycle theme. Yes, crafted to remove gluten, and it is a pale ale. Okay. So, funny fact, while we were pouring this beer, 
somehow a giant hare got mushed into part of the meatball and I ended up pulling that out of Ruby's mouth. So dad tip of the day number two, pay attention to what your kid is eating. Otherwise that'd be really gross and disgusting. She throw something? No, I think she's she might be done, but we'll see. So, uh, Gluttony by New, New Belgium. Belgium. And... So this is also one that's been treated with uh, Clarex. Okay. Is this reduced or free? It's been treated with Clarex, which means it is reduced. Reduced, okay. That's an interesting flavor. That just tastes like a, like a beer. Like yeah. yeah. Kind of like a hoppy pale. Yeah. I put that. Isn't it a pail? It is a pail, yeah. Yeah. I like hoppy pails, though. Yeah. But I like real hoppy pails. Right. <laughs> you like IPAs. Well, <laughs> Well. so I've actually, so uh, over Christmas break, which uh, for the uh, Ferguson family beer tasting, or the in-laws beer, whatever we want to call it, um, we... Uh, I bought a six pack of Rogue Dead Guy. Okay. And that's super malty. Like, mm-hmm. like there's very little hops in it. And I've always liked that beer. It's just very expensive beer to buy regularly. Yeah. Kind of like um, Arrogant Bastard. Yes. Really good, but seems to be... Also, Arrogant Bastard will put you in bed. Like. Is, is expensive if you were to try to buy it regularly. And uh, over the winter, I, I realized I prefer malty beers but I also enjoy an IPA once in a while because um, the malts just tend to have more flavor and they're you know what Ashley's did um, real close to Christmas mm-hmm. they partnered with Rogue and they did a tasting and it was called Milk and Cookies for Santa and what it was is that they put like four of Rogue's sea winter seasonals on tap and then served them with a cookie pairing and a cute little sheet that was like, pair this cookie with this beer. That's funny. Although one of those beers was called Yellow Snow, and I was like, no one wants to drink that. That's actually not a very good beer. Well, it was, I don't know. They had Santa's Private Reserve on there, by the oh, way. The yeah, winner that, of our last episode. Yes. Which I couldn't find for the beer tasting, by the way. Really? I was very disappointed. Yeah, total wine. You could have gone gone. to Ashley's. They fill. Well, I wasn't going to, I didn't know. I was looking for... For bottles. Bottles at Total Wine, yeah. Um, but back to... It was still on tap, by the way, the last time I was there. Which means it must not have done very well. No, it's a, so it's about to go. Um, I keep pretty... I spend a lot of time there, I'll just be honest. So yeah. I, I have pretty good tabs on their tap list. And it was there the last it's time I was there. Soon. And I don't think it's going to be there much longer. Gonna blow they soon. had that in a, in a bigger keg. The uh, half barrel or 50 liter or something. The big giant regular size. So they size usually cake. do. So oh, I just had a conversation with Isaac about this too, and I don't want to misspeak, but I feel like they usually do like the corny keg size. Six barrel. Small. Six barrel. Yeah. And then sometimes they do the next size up, mm-hmm. and that that's what they got for some of their their Christmas beers. Six barrel holds, I believe it's like forty plus pints. Full know. 16 ounce pints. They also did um, a Wet Coast night where the guys from Wet Coast and Gig Harbor came up and put a bunch of their beers on. So a bunch of those are on at Ashley's right now too. If you oh, want nice. to try those, that's fun. I like I like 
tap takeovers. That's a very fun event to go to usually. They even do them for ciders, for cideries, which I really like. They did um, Two Towns. Mm -hmm. Two Towns makes a lot of really good ciders. Yes. Okay, but back to gluttony. Yes. <laughs> By the way, me and Dina haven't like chit-chatted in a while just because work's been busy and Christmas vacations crazy and all that and... kind of stuff. So it's essentially just two friends just bullshitting, drinking beer, watching and the a baby. baby. Yeah. <gasps> Are you the baby? Yes. Yeah. There's it's a funny smile. how these babies program us. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> um. Oh, you want, there you go. All right. All right. On so to we're gonna next. move up to the hard hitters now. Hard hitters. What is it? So first we're gonna go for greens. The greens. Oh, that's the. They're the ones that do the more Belgiany. Yeah. They try to be Belgiany. Well, they are in Belgium. Oh. Well, never mind. <laughs> All right. um, and they are completely gluten-free, which means they're making their beers out of, you know, sorghum, buckwheat, millet, that yeah. kind of stuff. All right. So we're going to see. All right. I'm going to pause real quick and... Fix the baby. Fix the baby. She looks like she's broken. You know how Robot, like, is moving <laughs> and all of a sudden, over. like, dies and leans over? Yeah, that's, that's what the baby's that's doing That's what she's right doing now. in her high chair at the moment. So hold on. There we go. It's recording now. Oh, good. Yes. So we poured the greens amber. Mm -hmm. And uh, what was the description that you were giving me? Uh, I was saying it's about 6%. Um, this one is completely gluten-free. Millet, buckwheat, rice, mm -hmm. sorghum, that sort of thing. Um, I've had greens before. Mm -hmm. And they usually have a little bit of a chemical almost taste to them. Or like a solvent. Yeah, kind of manufactured manufactured so. taste versus just beer as it were yeah to me it definitely has a almost like a to me it's more unfinished than a chemical taste there, I had a beer a few months ago where I was I actually talked to like the bartender and the brewer and was like dude like this tastes like there's some chemicals in there like it's off like mm -hmm. it's not good and they're like yeah, we have to figure it out. And I'm like, don't sell it. <laughs> like, yeah. just don't sell it. It's not, It like, it was in Seattle. And, and I know that, like, I'm super excited because I just went to White Labs. They're not the only yeast manufacturer on the planet. There are yeah. other companies that do this. But, like, you can literally, if you're a professional brewer and something like that goes terribly wrong and you have no idea how to fix it, you can mail them a bottle of your beer and pay, like, 100 bucks or something like that, and they'll break it down and tell you what they think went wrong with that oh that's cool um they also do the same thing you can i have not done it yet because i want to dial in a recipe first mm -hmm. um but as soon as i have some of my beer recipes dialed in i intend to blow a little bit of money because for 96 97 dollars you can send a bottle of beer down to white labs and they'll gluten test it for you and tell you exactly how many parts per million are in it so but if you're home brewing and you are purposely purposefully buying gluten-free things or gluten-reduced things, then you would anticipate that you're good. You would, but um, so one of the things that I actually have little notes about here Ooh, a notebook. Um, is from my tasting flight when I was down at White Labs. Because remember I said they take the same wort, yeah, all and the they different. put different yeast, yep. they split it four ways with different yeast. Um, and so I made some notes right here. So exact same wort, exact same composition, except for the yeast. All of them are treated with Clarity Firm. The gluten content, 
the gluten reduction came out different in every single one of them. Just because of the yeast? Just because of the yeast. Huh. The way that the yeast interacts with the grains, I'm guessing. So they had a coffee porter on while I was down there. Uh, gluten reduced to 41 points per million. With Irish ale yeast, with Bedford British, it was 12. With Melbourne yeast, it was 23. And then with a lager yeast, which was the San Francisco, it was 48. So parts per million. Parts per million. So that okay. ranged between 12 and 48. So a normal beer is generally like 200 plus parts per million. They're all still reduced at that point. Mm-hmm. But um, there was one yeast that they used in multiple flights called Cry Havoc, which was a lager yeast. And they used it in a CDA where the gluten reduction only went to 192. Oh, so not barely. Barely. Yeah. The same yeast in an IPA, less than 10 parts per million. Interesting. So there is a variation there, and I don't quite understand 100% from the, I guess, microbiology. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow. I just got it. <laughs> Oh my god, that was hilarious. That's perfect timing. Right as I was striking to say the word microbiological, um, one of these lovely beer saver caps fucking popped off and nailed me in the forehead. <laughs> that was the grease. We were talking bad about it. It wanted to get revenge. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. I'm so glad I'm gonna that happened. put that on there gently. <laughs> Alright, Greens is done. It's mad at greens us. Greens is angry. Yeah. Alright, let's open the next one. No, we were not recording when that happened. Okay. All right, well. Well, it wasn't funny. The beer is really mad at me today. The the beer is mad at us because we're giving gluten-free beers. We're we're tasting them and figuring out which ones are good, but the reviews are are not great. Yeah, the the greens shot the bottle cap at Dina. And also the... uh, This is one I like, though. I don't know why it would attack me. So I just opened... the dark ale from Groundbreaker, which I've had before. It's made yeah. with chestnuts. It's a pretty tasty gluten-free beer. Um, but when I opened it, even though it had been sitting peacefully and politely on the table with the rest of the beers for an hour, Plus. it just blew its top. Foam um, and beer everywhere. I just a look of sheer panic on my face. John ran off to get <laughs> napkins. The baby sat there and watched the wheels on the bus go round and round. It's called it's Baby Bum on YouTube. And baby Bum? Baby Bum. Started off as a YouTube is this channel. A butt thing? No. Well, they so two parents were looking for kid videos online, and what they found were just dog shit. They just thought it was a stupid, like they suck, just really bad kid videos. Okay. So they said, "Where did we make our own?" And so they did you nursery rhymes. You know, there's rhymes. been a, a thing like that lately in podcasts regarding. Uh, so I don't know which podcast it is that does it. Probably more than one. One of them keeps putting on an ad, and the ad is like, "Hey." Do you like to listen to podcasts but can't find any quality podcasts to listen to while your children are in the car? Check out this podcast. Blah, 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 kid podcast. Yeah. yeah, so kid podcasts are becoming a thing now. No. If I'm listening to, to just, podcasts, I'm listening so to my freaking really podcast. it sounds really corny to me. But also, Ruby is young enough, like, she's not picking up words. Just listen to... No, she is picking up words. She is knows. She? Well, she, well, but she's not repeating them, but she knows... <laughs> Look on your face. This is hilarious. So my work phone is dinging in the background if you haven't heard it. My phone makes the same noise, but my phone is way across in the next town over, yes. probably sitting there making noises by itself. And and Dean is and I'm is like, like why? why are they trying to talk to us? We are off work. We are drinking beer, making a podcast. Go away. 
And the reason I don't mute it is because sometimes... Sometimes important things happen, exactly. but... Um, but Dina's face was just like, shut the fuck up! <laughs> okay, 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 okay. But yeah, in case you need to yeah. listen to a podcast that's for kids, it's about a cat just who has a sci- podcast. Just listen to scientific podcasts. And then podcasts, there's a and then... competitive podcast with a dog, and it's called This Podcast Has Please." <laughs> I'm not listening to kid podcasts. I'll just listen to something that has so no So for anybody words. who wonders if the ads in podcasts are just useless. They're not. They're not. That's been programmed into my head through sheer repetition. I go. have no children. I'm not listening to a podcast that I've never has heard fleas. That ad. But it's in That's, my head. Well, I don't listen to the same podcast you do, so. Right. You listen to nothing but Joe Rogan on repeat for hours on end. But he has <laughs> You MMA didn't even say no. There. You he were just like comedians yeah, basically. on there. He has scientists on there. All you like, need is Joe Rogan in the men's room. I don't even listen to the men's room because I used to listen to the men's room on the radio, but then I found podcasts. Yeah. And it's there's no commercials. Or if they are, I can just skip them. Yeah. It's freaking great. All right. So, uh, Groundbreaker. Yes. They're in Portland. Yes. They are a dedicated gluten-free. Like. So safe for celiacs, most likely. 100% gluten-free. Yep. Okay. Uh, This is their dark ale, which is brewed with dark roasted chestnuts and lentils. So it's a bean beer. I guess. That actually has a pretty decent taste. Like almost CDA-ish. Yeah. Um... You, you can smell it. Like, when yeah. you smell it, it smells roasty. Yeah. If you didn't know it was gluten-free, you probably wouldn't know it was gluten-free. Like, if you just drank it, you'd be like, huh, that's an interesting flavor. Mm. But it's still... It's got... The, so, the mouthfeel on this isn't bad. My guess on that is because some people say that you can make your mouthfeel and, like, up the roastiness in your gluten-free beers if you take um, husks or shells from other things... Like corn or rice or chestnuts, maybe. Mm-hmm. And then you roast them and then you throw them in there. Kind of like a partial mash. I, After doing that aeration in the mouth that... Um, what's his name? Scott. Scott over at Slot Friend of County. the podcast. Slot. Slot. That's not his name. <laughs> Scott over at Slaughter County taught us. Um, I actually do taste the roasted flavor, which is very interesting. Normally, I can't pick that up. Dark gluten-free beers are hard to find, and good dark gluten-free beers are I'd so say difficult, this, but this is good. Well, what I really enjoy about this particular podcast is my, like I was saying, my sister-in-law, she, uh, brother-in-law, Right, we had wife, this argument. Yeah. Anyways, she, anytime she comes to town, I try to find her new, interesting gluten-free, gluten-free beers to, to try, because she essentially just drinks omission because it's... Easy to in. get. It's easy to get. It's locked in. But if she's drinking Omission, then she is drinking Crafted reduced. to Reduced. Yeah. So she's got a lot of options if you really play with it. Yeah. Um, and so introducing her to new gluten-free beers is interesting because the West Coast has a lot of options. Pittsburgh, not so, not much. so much. I mean, there's some. She has her, her go-tos over there, but when she comes and visits, it's like, no, let's give you something cool that you've never had before. Like, Yeah. You know? Number one, I've never met her, but I will have something on tap at my house she can probably drink. Oh, there you go. There you go. Um, I can fill you a squealer. Or, like, so this is really good. Mm -hmm. I like this one. They also, they have a whole line. They've got three or four different beers that are all gluten-free from Groundbreaker. Yeah. Um, And then I didn't get it today 
because I couldn't find it in the store, which makes me sad. But my go-to dark gluten-free beer is from Ghost Fish, and mm-hmm. it's called Watchstander Stout. It had a new label on it last time I saw it. It was the Watchstander Winter Stout, so I really hope they're not just going to take it and make it seasonal because I need a stout even in the middle of July, and I need it to be gluten-free. Yes. Um, but so this one is really good. This Groundbreaker Dark Ale, and so is the Watchstander Stout if you're looking for gluten-free and dark. Yeah. Good. Good to know. I'm definitely more of a malty, darker beer person. Not necessarily dark, dark, like a black or a, a CDA or a stout or a porter style. I'm just talking not blonde. Like blonde ales, to me, are boring. Right. And we've and, had the conversation about yeah. browns. Yeah, browns and, and reds in particular. To me, they're the same beer, just different colors. If you make a shitty red, you're going to make a shitty brown. And unless you add some some kind of flavor to either of your beers it's just it's just a, a boring brown or a boring red and uh where, where was i oh i was at sound brewing uh a couple weeks ago and they have two porters they had their poundage porter which was considered a brown porter i sampled that recently and they had their baltic porter which was a black a black porter Mm-hmm. <clears throat> to me, the, the Baltic was way better. Like, I tried okay. both of them, and then I got a pint of the Baltic. Because, like I was telling you, the, the browns are just boring. Like, they're just boring. I ordered brown at a restaurant. I'm like, why did I waste $5? Yes. <laughs> so, but no, this is this is pretty good. It actually is very similar to uh, a CDA. But I think the the... It's not that similar to CDA, though. Well, but the because CDAs tend to have a fair amount of hop hops, in them. Yes, but and the, this is not hoppy at all. The roasted chestnuts, I think, is what's confusing my palate into thinking it's IPA-ish. Like, that burnt, kind of roasted-y flavor mm-hmm. gives mouthfeel to me of, like, oh, there's a dump of hops in there somewhere. It's not hoppy to me at all. Like maybe there's bittering hops in it, but not like hop on hop on hop. Yeah. No, no, no. It's not. No hop on hop. No, no, no. It's not hoppy, hoppy, hoppy. I'm just saying like that first hit, you're like, oh, this is interesting. Enough about darks and hops and So we have two left. Yes, we have the ghost fish. Uh, I got Meteor Shower Blonde because this is, so I went to the brewery. I guess it was a while ago now. I should go back. Um, and I tried this one straight off tap, and it was delicious. Off tap, everything is better. I know. Okay. That pause was me checking on Ruby because she went very quiet all of a sudden. And She's was... very entertained by this baby bum television. Yes. And to, to those... Is that the noise you were talking about? What? The mum, 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 yeah. mum. Okay. Yeah. yeah. She says that all the time. The wife thinks it's mama, and I'm not going to argue with her, but she's never looked at the wife directly and said, and mama, mama. said mama. It seems like she says hi, though. Yes. It, I, we think she says hi and hey, something like that. So I just want her to walk. That's the next She's step. working on it. Yeah. She's doing good. Yeah. Um, but so the next one we're going to open is Ghost Fish. 
I was talking about them. I've not been to the brewery in a hot minute. And uh, just so you know, everything in the brewery, including the food, it's all gluten-free. I first went when I had first discovered like my intolerance. And it was really nice to be told that I could have everything, everything any of the beer, any of the food, uh-huh. all of it is safe. You're like, oh, can I run a restaurant for you in Paulsbo or Bremerton or somewhere right? else? <laughs> can we just bring this across yeah. the water right yeah. now? Like, I would be happy to run the restaurant for you. I don't know how oh. to run a restaurant, but I'll make it happen. We'll, we'll figure it out, yeah. Well, that's what we're going to do, John. We're going to quit our day jobs, and we're going to go run. A ghost fish expansion. <laughs> I wish, I wish. Fun. I did uh, look up. That'd be up, worth a business proposition. I wrote down the name of their brewer, actually, because he has a blog, or he used to have a blog before he got in with ghost fish, and it was called Brewing Beyond Barley, and his name is Iglesia. Oh, this is a tough name. Do you want to try to say this? Last name is Jones. Take a crack at this first name. Iglation. 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 If he ever listens to this, we apologize. And if you would like to let us know how your name is actually pronounced, we will fix that. Please reach out. Um, We would love to. Yeah, but so his blog still floats around on the internet, and he has released uh, a series on the Ghost Fish blog. Of his own homebrew recipes that were too expensive or just not really good for doing large scale release that you can go and pull if you're a home brewer and you're trying to brew gluten free at home. All right. Seven beers in. <laughs> Look, we didn't drink all of them. They've been randomly attacking me because of the carbonation left yeah. in the bottles. It's fine. That's funny. We should have. Um... Oh, it smells nice. Have you smelled it? I have. I had a taste, and it tastes like beer, which is wonderful. That's the really nice thing about ghost fish is everything they, know they make what they're doing. actually tastes like beer. Like, there's no – I mean, yes, some are better than others, of course, but overall, it tastes like a solid – what is this one? This is a blonde. A blonde. If you like blondes, this is a solid blonde. It is. Yeah. Like, I, if you were to put this in competition – which, by the way, With, they, just put, other blondes. they put these in competition all the time and they just murder. Mm-hmm. That's good. So it looks like this one is, so the ingredients on the can are malted millet, malted rice, hops yeast, 100% gluten-free. So malting is an interesting topic in the gluten-free brewing community. Okay. Because when you're a home brewer, all of your grains that you get at the beer store, they're already malted. You can get malted barley at the mm-hmm. brewery store. It's fine. Um, but a lot of gluten-free grains, they don't come malted. So you have to learn how to malt your grains yourself, which is time-consuming. That's weird. And possibly difficult. So malting, basically, if you ever had a malted milk ball, that's the kind of the, the same process we're talking about. Okay. You have to take your grains, you have to steep them in water, and then you have to let them sit there until they grow. And Fuck that. It's like when you leave a potato on your counter and it sprouts. It starts sprouting, yeah. Or an onion or some garlic. That's kind of what you have to let happen to your grains. Um, that sounds like a lot of processes for a home brewer. It is a lot for a home brewer. Yeah. But, I mean, Ghost Fish has gotten big enough now. I assume that they... Are big enough they, to open a expansion restaurant right and here brewery on the Kids in Kitsap Peninsula. Peninsula. Yes. Me and Dina will run it for you. <laughs> I don't even give a shit about gluten-free beers, but... That'd be more fun than regular work. 
I guess it would de- depend on the demand. Like, there's demand for gluten-free beer everywhere. Yeah, but is it enough to sustain a whole restaurant brewery on its own? If they could ship us beer. Good, we wouldn't have to make the if beer everything here. Everything tastes good. It doesn't matter. If you have, so as an example, if you run a restaurant, but everything has a gluten-free option, it doesn't matter. My worry would be that, like, if no, you were to deeply advertise this is gluten-free that like people would just not even go because it's gluten-free they assume that it's but bad. then all the gluten-free people do go it it's an it's negated like no i know it's but that's the thing complicated like i have enough of a time in any brewery just convincing them get to cider. make me food that's gluten-free to put something on tap that's yeah and well, that's most gluten-free beers, actually, this is a fun thing I learned. Sorry, I interrupted you again. It's a thing I'm working on, guys. But I learned a lot when I was when I got into this whole world of gluten intolerance and things like that. Um, most brewers who are brewing free or reduced, um, they don't distribute in kegs because they cannot verify that there won't be cross-contamination in the tap system. Yep. So you will probably never, ever find... Gluten-free beer. Gluten-free or gluten-reduced beer on tap. We've talked about doing... Outside of those breweries. Well, we've talked about doing a gluten-free beer at the Ball Hall. Um, because isn't Jeff... He he has a some kind of intolerance. Yeah. But I don't, I'm not sure what it is. But um, the thing is, is we would have to dedicate one tap line, gluten-free, every, every day. We'd have to have one tank that's gluten-free every single time. And... <clears throat> we're too small. That starts to cut into money. Well, yeah. and, and we're too small to to do that at the moment, but um, that is a goal for sure. Um, because why not? There's tons of people who are gluten free, and if you have, you know what you could do though. Like it doesn't have to be, and I don't know if you've considered this. You probably have, but it doesn't have to be as complicated as the rest of the brewery. Like you can have. You have that tiny system that he used to brew on in the his garage in the yeah. corner. Yeah. Like, what if you took something like that, small, Doesn't you don't need a ton of gluten-free beer because yeah. not everybody's drinking it. What if you brewed it on a small system Scale. and then kept it in a small keg and then just put in one line? Do you see where I'm going with that? Yes. Um, right now. Because like, I just did it in my kitchen, so I feel so super adventurous you yeah. know what i mean no, no no for sure and and that is definitely something that's been looked into but right now wholesale is just eating right. up all production time so. right so you know the consolation prize for a lot of people is just cider yes and we're pretty lucky here we have bushel and barrel and uh john is freaking out right now he told just the story at the beginning of the show about his television that he just bought, and Ruby is over there watching the baby bum, putting her hands all <laughs> over the television. Also, that panda's bib says LBB, which to me is lasers, babies, and beer. Yep, little baby bum. Little baby bum. Yeah, every time I watch We should this, have a partnership. Every time I watch this, I'm like, oh, lasers, they're advertising babies, our and show. Beer. Yeah. Yeah. She really likes this show, though. Stop it. You can't tell the baby not to touch the television. That's why it needs to be mounted. Up out of the way. That's should, it. I'm buying a mount. Should we pause for a second? I'm I'm buying a mount. No, this is part of the podcast. Babies are These included. These are babies. Babies are included. Babies are included. You did bang on the table really heavily. <laughs> it's okay. 
I'm fine. On the plus side, like, I'm watching. Like, I can see from here what she's doing. She's just touching with her fingers. She's just touching. Like, she's not impacting. You can't see the TV bouncing back yeah, from the impact. No, I'm, I'm just, I'm going to have to wipe it down tonight when I decide oh, to play. Oh, no. Tiny baby fingerprints. Whatever will you do? You know just what? Just one extra step. You know what, though? Cleaning after a baby. Anyways. I think that you should tell the audience the story you told me earlier about the uh, Instapot. Mmm. So, we'll save that for the news after the tasting. I don't, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't have any news. I spent all of my energy gluten. on picking out <laughs> gluten-free beers and researching um, gluten for stuff. <laughs> gluten and okay. gliadin okay. and uh, hoarding chains right, and well, brewers, clerics, and all kinds of shit for this. So, I, me and the, me and the wife got a Instapot for Christmas our in-laws got us one and we've only made like four meals in the thing only four since christmas however maybe more than that now keep no, going it's, it's like four but i feel like it's made us more efficient as like a couple and as parents which is very strange it's just a cooking utensil that you use to cook food Okay. However. And so this thing, like, it looks like a crock pot? It's a crock. It's a pressure cooker is what it is. It's a fancy pressure cooker. It has a bunch of different settings on it. You can cook rice in it. You can cook food in it. You can do soup. You can do whatever you want. We did chili last night, actually. And what's really... The reason why I say this is because the I, I, I made a Facebook post about it and... <clears throat> So I'll, I'll just break it down for you. So we get home from work at like 6 p.m. roughly. Throw all of the food we want to cook in the crock pot. That particular night, it was chicken and carrots and celery and sun-dried tomatoes. And it was kind of like a, a mini stew, right? It only took about 10 minutes to cook. But it takes about another 5 to 10 minutes for the, for the pressure cooker to heat up. Okay. So let's just call it 20 minutes total. In that 20 minutes... And by the way, Ruby was crawling around, doing her own thing. So we didn't, one of us didn't have to be fully paying attention. Baby focused. Yeah, she was, she was able to keep, keep her, herself busy. <clears throat> we threw all the food in. We got all the dishes done. We got all of our lunches for the next day completed, like made and finished. We ground up, we did the coffee pot. We set it for the next morning. We made all of Ruby's food separate from our food. I showered. And then dinner was done. And Reese was like, it's done? I was like, well, the timer went off. I don't know if it's done or not. But we, so we opened it up. And the carrots, you could literally, you could barely pick up without mushing them. The celery was just falling apart in your hand. The chicken was perfectly cooked. It was great. And after, after we ate dinner and Ruby ate dinner, we... Just finished up the remainder of the dishes, and it was like 7, 30, 8 o'clock. We had, everything was already done. We had nothing else to do. We actually got to sit down and not move. We didn't have to worry about a baby because she went to bed. We didn't have to do anything because it was already done. What did you do with all of that free time? I literally think we just sat and, like, did nothing. I don't even think we watched a show that night. <laughs> like, we've stopped watching shows because... Right? Because normally, you cook dinner, you have dirty dishes, one of you is watching the baby while the other one's cooking, 
and so nothing really actually gets done and so after dinner and when the baby goes to bed is when you do all your stuff you do the dishes you clean everything you play PUBG. you get all that stuff (laughs) no i'm not played that yet (laughs) but that particular night it was one of those like holy shit like this has the this cooking utensil has the potential to streamline our evenings 100 percent and it happened again last night we made chili last night we dumped all the all the stuff in for chili set the timer 20 minutes walked away now that i'm intrigued by because awesome i have always made chili like low and slow in my crock pot Uh uh-huh I would love to have a process where I can just put it in there and eat it 20 minutes later. There you go. Instant pot. Instant pot to get the name right. And, and it's a pressure cooker though. It's essentially a pressure cooker. So like there's a lot of pressure in there. Don't fuck with it while it's cooking. It's it's very safe. It's very easy as long as you install the little rubber ring correctly after you wash it. Okay. You're good to go. That's one of those things that, like I feel like I've seen pressure cooked cookers like on tv and kitchen stadium but never in somebody's house well it's right on the counter <laughs> you can go look you at can it go look at this. it when we're done but it's uh it's it's an I don't, I don't know what it is i think i think why we like it so much is we literally you can throw frozen meat in there and it'll cook it'll be done in the same amount of time as all the other stuff because it so it, you don't have to defrost it first? No, you can throw frozen meat into the thing. You might want to give it a little extra time, so you may not want to add your vegetables in, like, for the full 10 to 20 minutes that you're cooking your meat. You throw that in at the very end and pressure cook it for another 5 to My 10 My brain just went to a really weird place. That's because you're gross on the inside. No, my brain <laughs> was like, how dare you call me gross on the inside? That's rude. Um, no, but my brain was like, what if I use this to cook beer? That's a bad idea. Why would you want to I cook won't beer? do it. No. So at home, when you're brewing, so because I'm a home brewer, by the oh, way. Oh, you can do super small batches. So one, I'm already looking into doing smaller batches because I want to do more of variety, variety, more learning. Also, like I said, I've still got, I've been giving away the beer that I have on tap right now. Guarantee you I've still got at least three gallons if not more in there and like what am I gonna do with all this fucking beer so literally like I've been telling strangers at the bar if you want to be my friend I will just give you free beer it's in my house like (laughs) if you want to be my friend and come over it's like a van driving up like hey kid I've got candy in here but but for adults so um yeah if you want some of my beer you can have it let me know and uh except we don't ship out of Kitsap County, because that oh, that's probably true. There's in-person. I've heard that only. if you tell the people in the post office that it's olive oil, that they're fine with that. Oh. I had a friend who mailed me some beer from Illinois because he got it, and it was kind of like a super rare beer. And he was like, "I don't know if this is any good, but I'm not gonna drink it." And I hear that it's cool, so I'm mailing it to you. And I was like, "You can't mail beer." And he's like, "I told him it was olive oil." So in a beer bottle. <laughs> well, but he prepacked it. He prepacked it, and then you know, if you shake it and it sounds like liquid. Yeah. It's olive oil. Hmm. It also makes me wonder, so like, when brewers enter competitions no, they and are, they mail beer. We mail beer through licensed alcohol shippers. Interesting. So Marina Market and Polsbo is a licensed 
shipper. So if I ever wanted to enter a competition, for instance, I came across a competition. I can look it up. Like a homebrewers competition? It is a homebrewers competition for women. Uh, I love how they go that deep. Like, not just a regular homebrewers competition, but Well, the point Well, the point is to involve women because yes. women are not currently involved on an equal level. It's called the She-Brew, okay. She-Brew Homebrew Competition. Uh, 21 plus amateur female homebrewers. But it happens down in Oregon. Um, well, you have family down there, so that'd be a fun trip. She's in Spokane right now. But so in order to enter, I would have to mail my beer down into Oregon, and the entry deadline is February 16th. Marina Market ships. So what you're saying is I can have them mail it too. Mm-hmm. That's where we. That's who we use to mail all of ours. Interesting. Because otherwise, I was just gonna lie and be like, it's all "This olive is olive oil." oil. <laughs> See how that goes. I'd do it officially. Right. The Especially brewer, if you're entering like well, competition, competition, you don't want to get anybody like, upset. A box that says olive oil. I was like, what? <laughs> so this last 20 minutes, we haven't talked about this at all. Yeah, we did. We talked about it a little. It's delicious. It's a blonde. It tastes like a blonde. Oh yeah, we did. That could stand up to Against other blondes without so, knowing that it was gluten-free. So it's like a five foot two blonde who thinks they're six foot four. And going in against others who are six foot four in the volleyball no. competition. No, because that, that to high. me, that to me says that everyone's going to notice that that one blonde is five foot two. I would say it's more like a. So I'm skewed on height because I'm taller than normal. You are a giant. Uh, please don't. <laughs> I have a complex about that. In case you haven't figured it out yet. Like anything I cosplay, like I cosplay titans and barbarians yeah. and very large intimidating women because I just can't. You're Xena. I, I, so you could pull that off. I had a customer. You're bigger than her. I had a customer one time call me Dina Cable Warrior Princess. Xena Dina? Oh my God, you blew my mind. <laughs> uh, I'm renaming your name in, in my phone. <laughs> Dina Cable Warrior yes, Princess. I'm renaming it now. I probably bring it on myself because I do have a tendency to wear loops of cable. I will loop them up and then put them around my neck because I don't have hands, enough hands. And you wear overalls. I wear coveralls, not overalls. Um, But the girls at the Starbucks on Bainbridge Island were very nice to me. They were like, it makes it look like you're important. Like you're (laughs) doing something. You've got a job. You're doing something. And I was like, I like it. All right. Um, But the blonde is delicious. It is. It's very nice. I'm not a big fan of blondes, but for a gluten-free beer, this is pretty pretty decent. Yeah. And isn't Ghost Fish in Olympia? Seattle. No, that's They're fish right brewing. across no, the water. Fish brewing is in Olympia. I don't know anything about fish brewing. Been to I don't think I've been to anything in Olympia. It's closer than Seattle. Especially for you. Yeah, but Ghost Fish is gluten-free and all I have to do is take a ferry. That's a good point. Mm, all right, so the last one we're going to do is homebrew. My brew. Which wins? I'm just going to state that right now. I just tasted it. <laughs> Hands down the best one. It's mild. It's smooth. It has really good flavor. It's also an espresso stout. Versus, It's not espresso. It's cold brew. It's fucking coffee. It doesn't matter. It is coffee. It's coffee. It's coffee stout. It doesn't matter. It's better than everything here. You could win a competition over all of these other <laughs> shitty gluten beers. Well, here's the thing, though. My one worry with it is because... So I did Pitch Clarity Firm, 
So it is gluten reduced and it doesn't seem to affect me so far. So it's 198 parts per million. It could be. <laughs> it could be less than 10 or it could be 198 parts per you million. Send I this wouldn't in. know. I, don't I know it's expensive. The recipe's not quite dialed in yet. Oh, okay. I like it. I had some issues on uh, carbonation with it. And really, what I want in the end goal is I want a milk. Like, I want to put lactose sugar in it and make it more like a milk stout, milk coffee stout. Mm -hmm. Because I really liked Elysian Split Shop before I went gluten intolerant. Yeah. And that's... It's okay. Oh, I love that beer, though. We should do a coffee beer tasting. Coffee beer tasting. We could do that. We'd have to wait for the coffee beer season, though. Those what is the coffee beer season? We're going to have to look that up. I'm not sure. I was going to say, I would guess I, it would be going into winter because coffee goes of, with dark beer. I can get one of ours right now because we have some. Take it our, and save it. Our Valhalla Espresso, our Espresso style. Are you guys selling bottles in the tap room right now? Yeah, bottles I in might the buy room. one and put it aside. And um, so I know I can get that, but I don't know when the split shot comes out. And I know oh, there's... Oh, split shot drives me up a wall because it's a spring seasonal, which makes no fucking sense to me. Every year <laughs> I would spout. start looking for it in like <laughs> November and then it wouldn't come until March. Yeah. Who the fuck drinks coffee milk stouts in March? Well, if... 12 breweries make coffee milk stouts seasonally in the spring. Who? I've never met another I one that did know. that. I don't know. I guess we're going to have to start saving up some. Like we see them at the store, we'll just have to buy one and save it. Then we'll have to do a, a coffee a coffee beer tasting when we get enough beers. Okay, I have a question for you. Uh, based on this in your cup right here, uh, how do you feel the carbonation is? A little low. And the mouthfeel? Carbonation is a little low. Okay. Um... Like I said, the it's very smooth, which is probably indica indicative in, 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 indicative indicative of low carbonation. Yeah. Um, this on nitro would probably bomb as fuck because you know that's it's the thing I've debated smooth. because I have uh... it would smooth it out even more and it would add a, just a, a nice little cream texture to it. I would be interested, so yes, it has a, a problem with carbonation, which is the thing I've discussed with some brewer friends of mine and some not brewer friends of mine. Um, so I have some advice for fixing that moving forward. But at home, off of my own tap, I don't know why this is. At home, off of my own tap, where the CO2 lives, when I pour, it's just head all over the place. <laughs> Foam everywhere. <laughs> Good, good fix. That's what she said. Uh, <laughs> beer eight, folks. Beer eight. It does, it does die off pretty quick. Mm -hmm. And obviously, the carbonation isn't sitting in the body of the beer like it should. Speaking of foam, I saw a video on Facebook from a beer sommelier. What is what is the name for that again? I don't know what a beer sommelier is called, but it's a, a sommelier is someone who... I'm, yeah. We talked about this at the very like first episode. You can tell the listeners, but yes, I yeah. do know what you're talking so about. So sommelier is someone who's very uh, attuned to wine. It's a, they're wine sommeliers. They're not just attuned to it. Like They go through a deep certification yeah, process. There's a legit certification. They can identify wines down to like where the grape was grown, in the year it was grown, and then how it was processed and put into a wine. Without, it's super intense. Based on the taste. Yeah, Not just, just by sipping the, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're insanely knowledgeable about There's wine. There's a good documentary on Netflix that follows that process. Of wine? For wine sommeliers okay. going through that testing. 
Let me continue my Continue talk. and I'll look it up. So this is essentially a dude who's a beer sommelier. Ian Ivan? No, this is on Facebook. This was some oh. professional. like. But yes, Ivan, um, who we've not actually have on, which we should. We invited him before we even started the podcast. We didn't even. Yeah, we haven't done that at all. We should. But um, no, and I guess it's just Facebook or whatever. The title was You're Pouring Your Beer Wrong. And this actually makes sense to me. And he was saying that if you pour your, if you hold your glass super sideways and you pour your beer and you get as little foam as possible, you are going to have a stomach ache. Yes. And it's because. It's like the video with the string cheese. You'll have to explain that in just a sec. <laughs> okay. But, anyways, he takes um, some kind of food. I don't know a what it is. String cheese. Is it a string cheese? Maybe it's the same video. I'm pretty sure I showed you the video. <laughs> no, this, I saw this on my own sitting on my couch. Uh-huh, my, sure. Anyways, so he takes a, 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 a well-poured beer, in quotations, hold the glass sideways, very and little head. Dunks a string dunks cheese in it. Into, and it foams up. Yeah. Crazy, right? That's all in your stomach now, and when food hits it. It all foams up when you get full and you feel gross. However, he was saying if you leave about two inches of head on the beer, so you pour it. And then you just dump at the very end. It breaks up that carbonation. It, it opens it up. You dump the string cheese into the beer and nothing. It just, nothing happens. It's already, it's the car, the CO2 has already been expelled. And so if you pour your beer properly and you drink it, because the foam turns back into beer. If you just wait a yeah. few minutes, it turns back into beer. Um, so if you expel that CO2, you can not be as full and you don't get a stomach ache if you drink certain kinds of beer. And if you eat food with your beer, you may not feel as bloated or gross. Which okay, is awesome. so one, that documentary is called Psalm. It's not a document. Oh, the one you're talking about. The one, I, the oh, one okay. we mentioned about wine yes. sommeliers. And two, do you know what a nucleated pint glass is? Yes, it's been etched on the bottom of the glass in a certain way that releases bubbles. Yeah, so beer hits it and it agitates the beer and then the CO2 releases and comes yes. up as bubbles. I had um, somebody ask me if I could do that with a laser. Ooh. I have yet to figure out if that's possible. actually possible. The science is no, um, because lasers have focusing depth of a max of like three to three and a quarter mm-hmm. inches. And the laser head is pretty big. So to get into the <laughs> bottom of a pint glass within three inches to make that etch... It'll either take a specialized laser um, or... Can you just add a extension? I See, I don't know. So hmm. I'm asking around, I'm poking around, I'm playing with it. A lot of people have suggested that uh, maybe laser cut a mask and then put like a an etching cream inside of it. What's a mask? A mask is like... Um, so if you want a certain image, it's like if you're painting... And you want something to look a certain way. And so you just want to paint this small area. So you take like paper or painter's tape and you just cut out what you want to paint. And you leave the rest of the painter's tape there to protect the wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a mask. Okay. You mask off the part you don't want to paint. And you just make the part you want to paint visible. So you can do the same thing um, with a laser. Put something heavy duty down. And then but run it would your be program. in the bottom of a glass. Though. But in theory, it would need to be in the bottom of a glass. And so you just that's why we're laser. talking about 
that's why that's why some people brought up um, acid acid etching cream. It's like it's like sandblasting for glass. You can get these creams so, that will etch so, out. So you essentially rub it in there, and it makes the glass super. It roughs up the glass right and, there, and it, then it, then your laser at that distance would still be able to etch something into it. No, no, no. You would just use the laser to make the mask. Oh, okay. The part that protects the glass that you and don't want you to. Rub. And then you would put the oh, cream okay. in. And so I'm playing with it. I'm trying to figure it out. A couple of lovely places that I spend a lot of time at donated some glasses to me so oh, that nice. I could throw them in there and see what happens. Nice. Um, I think it would be really badass. Yes, I'm putting it onto the World Wide Web, so I'm sure someone's going to fucking do it if they... If one of the 30 people no. who listen to the podcast. Yeah. One of the 30 people that's related yeah. to John Ferguson. Exactly. Um, I We've t- actually talked about getting our logo, the Valhall logo, etched for nucleated pint glasses. So Silver City does it. Have you seen those? <laughs> it says SS in the bottom, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's got the they also make a fuck ton of money yeah. every month or every year. They're way bigger than everyone else in Kitsap. Yeah. But they've also been doing it since the 80s. No, 96. We've we discussed this. We Googled this. this. <laughs> yes. Um, but still, so that's, if you think about it, that's 20 plus years doing. Silver City years. is really well established. Yeah. They have more than one location and they distribute as far as what, Southern California now? Something it's, like I, that? I, have no, I, don't, I don't know. The, uh, all the beer, the Kitsap Sun put out a. Uh, Kitsap yes, beer. Yes, I shared that on our yes, page, actually. Yes. And it was actually, I haven't been able to dig into it too deeply, but it's actually pretty interesting. Um, it was Kitsap beer statistics. Yeah, a lot of breweries have increased their production, which is fantastic. There's 16. We're still on the up here on Kitsap, mm-hmm. which is interesting because I feel like we're close to saturation. We're only, depending on the town. So, so like Paul's, Paul's maybe I, is closer to saturation Paul's than super saturated. Port Orchard. Yeah, Paul's was super saturated because there's five breweries in Polsbo. Kingston has two, so that's mm-hmm. not super saturated. Uh, Silverdale, I don't even know. Bremerton, I don't even Silverdale know. Silverdale has two. Bremerton but, has, I could probably count this. One, two, three, four. You have to count Hales. I counted Hales, because I'm going so they're blocking. But they're uh, located. Dog Days, Lovecraft. Located, located. They're all, but so they're blocking. Dog Hales. Days of Lovecraft are based in Bad Bremerton. Bulldogs is coming, but they're not open Bad yet. Bad Bulldog is based There's in There's the Silver City Tap Room. That's technically a beer place. So, yeah. Bremerton's not bad. Yeah. Um, the thing about Silverdale, though, is, yeah, there may be two breweries, but there's still 80 places to buy beer. Yeah. You know, 80 restaurants to buy beer. It's ridiculous. So, saturation's a problem with all breweries. I think this is going to be one of our longest podcasts. I'm Maybe. looking at the number and it's... <laughs> I've got the stats right here and it says 16 licensed breweries in Kitsap County, 15 produced beer, uh, 22,730 barrels of beer brewed, which is more than 704,000 gallons. Okay. Uh, there is a 15% uptick in production from 2016. That's probably like 50% Silver City. <laughs> Maybe. They do have a chart here that's like all breweries, yeah. Silver City, and then the rest of you. Just do Silver City. What, what what did they make last year versus this year? So. I'm going to hand you the chart. Well, no, no. You're there's the actually. Oriented. Um, here. So right there it says all. Go ahead and just switch it to Silver City. Okay. It actually 
breaks down 20, 15, 16, 17, I believe. Silver City. So Silver City went from just under 14,000 to just over 16,000. They increased their production by 2,000 barrels. Ball Hall doesn't even make 2,000 barrels a year. We can click they Ball Hall. Don't. <laughs> I think we're just under 1,000. Look at them. They're doing good. Yeah, we're just You know, in their first year, they made less than 100. But we were on the Sabco, which is a five-gallon system, essentially. Yeah. A keg system. They're not doing bad. So... But I declare Dina's homebrew coffee stout the winner. Cold brew coffee stout the winner. And if you want to be my friend, you can have some. Yes. Well, I'm tapping my house. I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> That's for party the Dina's house. Party in my house. Come on, bring it on. Just not a party. I have party. all of the Jackbox party packs. Jackbox is on Comcast X1. No. Yeah. You click, no! Yeah, you go to apps, Jackbox is on there. You're kidding I'm me. I'm not. I saw Show it Show me right now. When we're done. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. It's on there. Along <laughs> with, um, oh, there was another game. Stupid game. I know. There's three games on there that you can I play. Thought, I thought they did away with the gaming thing that they were well, trying to put on you use the remote control, which is stupid. Oh, it was Walking Dead. Walking Dead's on there as well. The first season of Walking Dead. The game by Telltale Games oh, is okay. on there. It's actually worked pretty well. I played it on a customer's house. It was not too bad. Um, but Interesting. Yeah. There's three games on there. And Jackbox makes great sense, except you have one person playing. Well, but Jackbox, the point of Jackbox is that everybody uses their cell phones. Exactly. So I don't know how that works. I haven't played it yet. All right. I'm gonna flip Do you have any other notes? I'm flipping through my notes right now okay. just to check. Um, I think That's I managed it. to sneak in most of these things. Good. Strange Brewfest is happening at the end of the month. Um, the She Brews competition, I mentioned that. Okay. I don't feel like I'm accomplished enough to send anything to them yet, but maybe Fucking next time. Just do send that. You're good. Send that. That. This one. It's undercarbonated. It doesn't matter. Just add some carbonation. Just a little thing. What? Into the bottle? No. Yeah. Right there. See, I Into the bottle. At that point, I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> so, I want you to know I sprayed beer literally all over my living room. It hit my cat. It hit my furniture. I'm still cleaning beer off the floor in places I did not think beer could get to. Um, so, I know everybody thinks open concept is a really great idea in a home. Until you make beer in your kitchen and it sprays all over your living room. That's funny. And Ruby's done watching TV, so... We should end the podcast. Hey, little girl. Hi. Hi. You want to say hello to everyone? Did you poop? I think you pooped. Maybe you just tooted. I don't know. Are you recording right now? Yeah. He's fucking up my speech. John, <laughs> start the speech from the beginning. Pause. You're the one who starts. <laughs> Beer is not for baby. <laughs> oh, my God. Beer is not for babies, ladies and gentlemen. Do not operate lasers or heavy machinery under the influence of alcohol. And drink responsibly. Listen responsibly. Jesse will get mad at us. Damn it. We can Just start. end it with baby noises. Put her next to the mic. <laughs> <laughs>